to glory to glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 17. God's word uh, spoken to through Paul the Apostle. He's saying, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to God. You're not a child of God until you receive him into your life. So we have to be careful. Know uh, those of the Islamic faith, they, it's not the same God. So we, you know, but God loves them. God wants to save them. And God wants them to come to the saving knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ. Yes. And there's, you know, absolutely, we're all to, you know, come to the same understanding that Jesus Christ is the only way, though. It's a false hope without Jesus. And nowhere in there, they said, Jesus Christ is the only way. And let me remind you, what did uh, Jesus say in John 14, 6? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This one world religion, believe me, they'll accept everyone except true Christians. They'll accept anyone of any faith, of any, you know, they'll all come together in agreement, but except for Jesus Christ, because Jesus made a radical claim. He said, I am the way, right? He didn't say, I am a way, which people want to, you know, say that, you know, he's just a way. And it's okay if you're a Christian, that's okay. And Allah's another way and Buddha's another way. And, and we've got all these different ways. And as long as you just have faith, right? That's what they say. You just have faith. But who do we have faith in? He's the only way is through Jesus Christ. And we need to, as believers in these last days, we need to understand that, that Jesus is the only way. God knows where he lives and he knows how to get there. And it's through his son, Amen. And people will say, well, that's very narrow. Well, yeah, but I think it's more specific. It is very narrow, but I believe it's more specific. Again, God knows where he lives and he knows the way. If I told you, you know, I want you to come over to my house, I would say, well, let me tell you the way, okay? You would go out to PCH, you turn left until you get to C point, turn, le- uh, turn left on C point, then you get to Palm Street, turn right, and then I'd give you the rest of the directions, and I'd say, well, that's the way to my house. I know where I live, that's where it is. You might say, well, I believe all roads lead to your house. And I'm going to go right out of PCH, and I'm going to go to Seal Beach Boulevard, and I'm going to turn left over there, and I'm going to go by the water over there. And Well, that's great. You're going to have a wonderful drive, but you're not going to make it to my house. I know where I live, and I know the way. God knows where he lives, and he knows the way to his house, and he said, Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the door to heaven. It doesn't mean that we, we, you know, we isolate ourselves. It means we, we let people know that he's the only truth. He's the only way. If someone's dying, of, you know, they got bit by a snake or were they, you know, and they're starting to die and you have the serum and you can, you know, it's like, well, you know, let's try peanut butter. Let's try, let's try the marshmallows. Try this, you know. It's like, no, no, there's only one way. There's only one way to save that person. And, and we have the antidote. And we say, no, the, the antidote for sin, the antidote, to, to, the only way to heaven, it's Jesus. It's not like, well, look at this. This is love. This is looking so good. Look, at we can love you. Let's love you to heaven. Love isn't going to get you to heaven. The love of Jesus Christ will get you to heaven, but not just the general word love. I believe we're going down that road. 
I believe it's very interesting, though, that this false religious system is going to be spearheaded in Rome, according to verse 9. Did you look at verse 9? And it says, here is the wisdom, here's the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Well, Rome is considered the city of seven hills. It's, it's a city on seven hills. And many Bible commentators, they believe, and many believe that uh, this is, ta- is talking about Rome. And so with this, they believe that this one world religion will be spearheaded there. It will be, the headquarters will be Rome. That this the seven mountains, this, where, where Rome sits. Very interesting. Am I saying that the Roman Catholic Church is going to be the church that's going to spearhead this? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that I believe the Bible is saying very clearly it will be in Rome. And Rome will be where it'll be, you know, the headquarters of this false religious system will take place. It will be there in Rome. But it's interesting the Vatican is there. That's just interesting. Please don't misunderstand me. At the time of the rapture, let's say the rapture happened right now. The rapture of the church. We're going we're gonna to go be with the Lord, those that are true believers. Let's say it happened right now. Sadly to say, there may be some sitting here still today. In the Baptist church, there'll probably be some still sitting. I, I'm hoping this church, I'm hoping every one of us will go. Hopefully there's not one but there's a very good possibility there might be some that are left behind. In the Methodist church, hopefully most of them will go. There'll be some left behind. In the Lutheran church, only God knows. Religion doesn't save us. Calvary Chapel doesn't save us. Only Jesus Christ saves a man, saves a person. So there will be some left in the Catholic church, some left in Protestant churches. There's going to be some left throughout the whole world. Well, they're going to either have to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or they're going to join this false religious group, and and, and they're going to be part of this false religious group that's going to take place. And she's going to be judged. I don't think we should forget that most martyrs, many martyrs were done in the name of religion throughout the centuries, throughout the ages. I think of the, the Roman Catholic queen, of Mar- Queen Mary, who ruled England. She was known as Bloody Mary for a good reason. She killed some 288 Christians for their faith. She burned them to the stake. The first martyr that she, she had killed was a man named John Rogers, It says when he stood in his chains at the stake, the fire rose up against him, up to his legs and his shoulders. It says that eyewitnesses said when he was in the fire, he rubbed his hands as if he was in cold water. In other words, he was saying this, I'm doing this for Christ. I'm dying for the sake of Jesus Christ. And then it says he lifted his hands to heaven as the fire completely consumed him. But check this out. There was a, a French ambassador that saw this and he said he said he had such calm and dignity he said he went to his death as if he was walking to a wedding he had such courage walking to the stake and into the fire it says that the crowd just bursted and applaud you know they were applauding him they were giving him standing ovation because of the fact they knew that he was dying for christ and he went there with such peace and calm but again you know throughout the ages we think of many were killed in the name of religion 
And that's why in verse 6, and I don't have it on the board, it says, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. In verse 6, And when I saw her, I marveled, John said, at this great amazement. Look back at verse 5, if you can, with me, please. Verse 5. And it says, And on her forehead was a name. A name was written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of harlots, of the abominations of the earth. Just for note-takers, it's interesting. Babylon's mentioned 286 times in the Bible. It's mentioned more than any other city in the Bible except Jerusalem. Babylon, biblically speaking, if you're a note-taker, stands for false religion and rebellion against God. This is where false religion originated. There in Babylon, back in the book of Genesis, it's doing it your way instead of God's way. Do you know we all have that sinful nature to fight with, doing it our way versus God's way? Do you know every day, even as Christians, we have to guard over that, of doing it God's way, not, not my way, but God's way. And that rebellion that we fight, we have a new nature, we have the Holy Spirit, but then we also fight, there's a, there's a battle that takes place, the, this, the, the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and we have that battle daily. Are we going to do it God's way? Or are we going to do it our way? And we have that battle. I remember Friday morning, because it was the day after Thanksgiving, my wife and I, you know, we had a morning off, and so it was awesome, and, but then she reminded me that Yogurtland was having a sale. <laughs> And she's like, honey, we got to go there early. If like for $25, you get like $260 coupons or whatever. And I'm like, wow, you know, but it's only the first 25 people or something, right? So I'm like, I, you know, I, I slept in, you know, it was like my day, you know, I got some time off. And I'm like, honey, I really, I didn't even spend time with the Lord yet. And I wasn't trying to be Mr. Spiritual or anything like that. It's just like, I really, it's like, I knew I, knew I had to have my time. I was like, you know what? Hold on, honey. Well, you know, even if we miss out, it's okay. I just want to, you know, I want to spend time. She already had her time with the Lord. You know, she was up early. She was spending her time with the Lord. So she's like, let's go. I'm ready. And I'm like, well, just give me some time. I'll be, you know, I'll be a little bit. Let me just read and spend my time with the Lord. So I did. I read. And so we get there, and there's already over 50, 60 people there, right? And they're like, oh, great. But I guess the next <laughs> first 25 get it for $25. The next 50 people that you spend $50 and you still get $260 worth. So it's still, you know, a good deal. We're standing there. And, and she's like, I told you so. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I was like, it's okay, you know, it's, that's okay. If we, I said, we lost out at 25 bucks. It's okay, I really wanted to just spend that time, and I was so blessed. Well, check this out. We get there, wait in line, we get up front. There's a sweet lady from the church, she's there, and she says, Pastor Joe, I came here specifically to get you a coupon or to get you this, because I knew you loved yogurt land. And I said, how awesome. And I'm like, we're fighting with this. No, you don't. She goes, no, let me get it. I said, no, 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 she's fighting. She won. She <laughs> The point I want to make is I love yogurt. Frozen yogurt. No, no, that's not the point. <laughs> the point I want to make is that it's so much better to do it God's way, isn't it? I mean, it's always better to do it God's way. As believers, yeah, we're under the authority of God. We're under the authority of his word. But it's a get to, not a got to. We get to follow the ways of the Lord. We get to do it his way. His ways are always far better than our ways. After the flood... Noah was told and his sons were told to be fruitful and multiply, Genesis 9.1. But he didn't just say be fruitful and multiply. Do you know what he said? He said, and fill the whole earth, fill the earth. 
They were to scatter and to fill the earth. That was the command, okay? Everybody was wiped out in the flood. So they were told not just to stay in one place, to be fruitful, multiply, fill the whole earth. But as you know, the descendants of Noah, they didn't listen, and they wanted to build a tower that would reach to heaven, and they wanted to have high density. You know, they wanted to have condos, and they, they, they didn't want to scatter out. And they wanted to worship the, the, you know, the different gods and to reach the gods of the, of the host, the stars, and worship the stars. And if you remember the story, God, you know, he gave them confusion, and he gave them different languages, and it forced them to scatter out, right? Babel. And it was called the Tower of Babel because their, their languages were different and they had to, to separate themselves. Well, well, God was getting his will accomplished. He said, fill the whole earth. So he was accomplishing his will, but it was against them. It was in rebellion. And this is where Babylon was located. And this is where all false worship started. So this mystery Babylon, chapter 17, mystery Babylon, I believe, talks all about spiritual Babylon. In chapter 18, it's going to be the the, uh, commercial Babylon that we're going to look at. But Babylon stands for rebellion, false worship, and it's against God. I want to look at verse 16 also. It says, and the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The ten horns are the ten kings, rulers. They're going to rule with the beast, which is the Antichrist in the last days. They're going to all join together and they're going to, the Antichrist will be the dictator. He'll be the head ruler, but they're going to rule with him. But look at this. It says, these will hate the harlot. They're going to hate this false worship system. Basically, she's going to ride the beast. The, the beast is going to, they're going to be joined together. So false religion. Basically, they're going to get him elected. They're going to get the kings elected. So they're going to use these, their, their votes, if you will. They're going to use their, their support. So they're going to say, oh, yeah, we're part of all this false religion, and we're all part of this. But then when finally he's in power, finally when, when these, uh, these ten kings are in power, then they're going to turn on her, and they're going to have her killed. Basically, let me explain why I believe this is true. Because the Antichrist, he wants worship. So he's going he's gonna to tolerate it for a time. He's going to say, oh, yeah, kumbaya, yeah, this is all good. We love this. But he's such a jealous, he's going to be so jealous, he's going to say, no, 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 uh, Rome's no longer going to be the place. We have the temple there in Jerusalem. He's going to walk into the temple of God. The Antichrist is going to declare himself to be God, and he's going to want to be worshipped. And then he's going to say, all this false religion, all you, you have to worship me or you die. So the religious system is going to change from Rome. And I think it's important that we understand that. So Rome's no longer going to be the, going to be the headquarters. Jerusalem's going to be the headquarters. Of course, according to 2 Thessalonians 2.4, he's going to stand in the temple of God, the Antichrist, and he's going to want to be worshipped as God. And he's going to use the harlot. He's going to use this false religious system for himself until he's through with her. And then he's going to say, okay, you guys die or worship me. And that's it. Look back with me if you can, verse 14. I love this. this. is Out of this whole chapter, this is the highlight right here. These will make war with the Lamb. They're going to try to fight Jesus, the Lamb of God. And the Lamb will overcome them at his second coming. He will destroy all these that are against him. For he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with him, who's with him? We are the church. 
are called, can we say those two words? Chosen and faithful. That's us. Chosen and faithful. Don't you like the sound of that? What a contrast from the false religious system. She's known as the harlot. We're known as the faithful bride. We're known as the chosen bride. A huge contrast between the two. My wife was adopted when she was nine months old. Actually, the story was she was, she was left for dead. And somebody found her. And so a family adopted her. Her brother was adopted at two days old. But it's cute. Her mother told her, both of them, she says, you two are very special to me because I chose you guys. She says, you know, basically they weren't an unwanted pregnancy or they weren't a surprise. She says, I chose you guys. I picked you guys. And we have the same as Christians. We've been picked by God. We've been chosen. Did you know that God chose us as believers before the foundations of the world? Doesn't that kind of baffle your mind? In other words, before he even formed the foundations of this world, he's like, well, I'm picking this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. And if you're a born-again believer, he picked you. And may I remind you, God does not pick losers. Why would he pick losers? He only picks winners. And he picked you and I because he knew one time in our life we would give our life to Jesus Christ and we'll surrender our life to Christ. And he says, yep. Can you even fathom the kind of God that we serve? Thousands of years ago, before he created the earth, he knew all about you. God knowing everything, if if God knows everything, he cannot learn something new, right? So the day that October 29, just so happens to be my wife's birthday, October 29, 1995, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. God didn't say, wow, what a surprise. I didn't know you were going to make it. (laughs) I was surprised. But he wasn't surprised in the least bit. He tells me in his word, and I'll show you the scripture. He says, before the foundations of the world, I already knew that on October 29th, 1995, you were going to give your life to me. You know what really blows my mind? My sister, who got saved 13 years before I got saved, she would share with me, and I'd get upset at her, I'd get mad at her, and I'd give her a hard time, and I'd reject her. And then finally one day she was so settled, and she looked at me, she says, God already showed me you're going to get saved. And I said, what are you talking about? (laughs) She was right. She was so laboring and so hurt that I didn't know Jesus. She was you know, travailing with the Lord. God, save my brother, save him. Pull him out of darkness. And God just gave her this huge piece and said, it's okay, I'm going to save him. And by faith, she even told me that. And that even drove me crazy, even more crazy when she told me that. I thought she was nuts. I said, you're crazy getting saved. I don't even know what save means. I don't even understand that word. I even think, save from what? What are you talking about? For the foundations of the world, God knowing everything, knew the day you would give your life to Christ. He chose you. Then you might say, some might say, well, that's not fair. What about the ones he doesn't choose? Well, I would say that's because he knows they're not going to give their life to Christ. If he knows everything, he knows beforehand who is going to give their lives to Christ and who is not going to give their life to Christ. 
So then some say, well, then why should we even evangelize? God knows, and God's going to say, no, no, we still need to do what we're supposed to do. We're called to evangelize. We're called to share the good news of the gospel. Let me show you the verse. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So he's blessed each one of us as believers with every, did you notice that? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. If you feel spiritually empty today, may I remind you of Ephesians 1, verse 3. God has given you every spiritual blessing that you need, every spiritual blessing that you have need of today. It's there for you through Christ Jesus. But it gets better. Just as he chose us, yes, chose us, in him, and what does it say? Before the what? Before the foundation of the world, that you should be holy and without blame before him in love. Before the foundation of the world, he chose you, chose you to be what? To be holy? And you might say, today, pastor, I don't feel too holy. Well, do you have the Holy Spirit living in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That you should be holy and without blame. Blameless. Have you accepted Christ? Have you gone to the cross? Have you confessed your sins? Have you given your sins to Christ at the cross of Jesus? You're blameless. You have the righteousness of Christ when you stand before your maker. In Christ, you're considered blameless before him in love. Aren't these great verses? God chose us. He chose us before the foundations of the world. We're called, chosen, and faithful. God makes us faithful as we turn to him. As we close, I want to encourage you that God called you. He chose you. He took you out of darkness. He brought you into his marvelous light. And I want to encourage all of us today, let's walk in the light as he is in the light and let's allow his son, Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's, let's not fall to the lies of this world that says, oh, that's okay, as long as we love everybody's, everyone serves the same God. No. That's not what the Bible teaches us. There's only one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. There's only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. There's only one in between. It's the man, Christ Jesus. It's the one who died on the cross. It's the one whose blood was shed. It's the one who died for us. And he is the only way. He is the way, the truth, the life. And no one, and no one, no one goes to the Father except through his son, Jesus Christ. No one. And in the days that we're living in, we need to stand for that truth, not in arrogance, but in love. Because he's the only way. He's the only answer. And as we close, my question to you, have you received the free gift of salvation through Jesus? Have you accepted his sacrifice? Because if you don't believe the truth of the gospel, you may fall for anything else. The gospel is that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would just believe in him, they shall not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. Have you received that gift? 
And if so, let's share that wonderful gift. Amen. And if not, today's the day. Today's the day of salvation for you. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.